Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 51. Might be a bit of a downer episode. I'm just warning you guys now. But uh, <laughs> my name's uh, Andrew Gross of Newsday. I'm your host. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Newsday and a downer because the Islanders lose game four of their Eastern Conference uh, Finals to the Lightning, 4-1, to one, and now face a 3-1 to one deficit in their series. Obviously not impossible to come back from that, and the Flyers almost did that to the Islanders in the second round, but certainly a, a very big mountain to climb. And we're going to talk about what they have to do in Tuesday's night's Game 5 with my Newsday teammates, Neil Best and Colin Stevenson who are again joining me on the podcast. And uh, Neil, uh, you wrote about this for Monday's Newsday. One of the big things the Islanders probably need to do, I would think, in Game 5 is get the production from their top line that the Lightning are getting from their top line. Yeah, I mean, it's been a thing that was kind of percolating. Obviously, you know, the, the Lightning's top line got a lot of, you know, points in that first game blowout. But today really drove home the point again that, that you know, just how good that Tampa Bay line is and, and how the Islanders have not gotten that from their top line. Now, obviously, these teams are constructed differently. The Islanders always talk about their four-line balance, which is true. Their second line has been very productive, which is true. But, you know, you can't – you just can't have a situation where it's this much of a disparity between the top two lines. I mean, you, you, can, you can give them a little bit of an edge there, but, but this – much of an edge you, you know you, you just can't allow this to happen yeah and in game four uh the lightning top line of Braden point who returned and I guess it's going to be a question mark for game five again after he hobbles off to the bench but uh Braden point Andrej Palat and Nikita Kucherov combined for two goals and four assists and the Islanders top trio at least through the t- uh, first two periods of Matthew Barzell Jordan Eberle and Captain Anders Lee combined for eight shots and 14 total chances and zero points. And uh, Barry Trotz was pretty uh, pretty blunt about that after the game. I was actually, you know, I, I was kind of asking questions about how tough the Tampa Bay line is. And I have to give credit to our friend Larry Brooks from the Post who just came right out and asked Barry, you know, is, is the key to what's happened in this series, the disparity between the top two lines? And Barry said, yeah, pretty much. So he was uh, impressed by his bluntness there. And then he did, went on to say how, they, yeah, they, they need to have these guys put the puck in the net. And, uh, and it, it's all true. Um, it's just, uh, you know, they've been active. They've had plenty of chances. It's not like they've been, you know, invisible by any means. Uh, but, you know, it's those guys' job to score. And so far they have not. You know, uh, the Islanders have sort of built their success in this postseason, and it's Barry Trotz's model of having this four-line balance and rolling four lines. And uh, that, that certainly took a hit today with the news before game four that Casey Sezikis has done for the playoffs. Him and Tom Kuhnhockel, uh, who had not played since game three against the Panthers in the qualifying round, both of them have left the Edmonton bubble because of undisclosed injuries and are not returning. So the Islanders are going to have to find a way to get that four line balance without, you know, their invaluable fourth line center. Colin, 
what did you think of uh, this? This was game two without Casey. Did did you see kind of a little bit of of a slippage in what the Islanders are trying to do? Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, the, <clears throat> you talk about being a four line team, but it but it's predicated on that that energy line or that uh, identity line, as you like to call them, being the fourth line. So, you know, when they have to move up and be the third line. And then you have a fourth line, you know, that is sort of leftover guys. It's Broussard, it's uh, it's uh, Komarov, and uh, in this case, Ross Johnston. Essentially, you're a three-line team. You're like everybody else, um, which, you know, isn't, isn't you know, I mean, Tampa Bay obviously is a three-line team as well, but it's just not how the Islanders are constructed to play. And, and you hate to sort of put the whole thing on, oh, okay, they're missing a fourth-line player, so, you know, they're not the same team. But it really is. I mean, that fourth line means so much to them that, uh, you know, when you take out one member of it, it really, really alters their look. And, um, you know, I just – I don't know. I mean, like, it, it hurts them more, I think, than Tampa Bay was hurt when they were missing Braden Point and, uh, you know, <clears throat> and Killorn, Alex Killorn, who was suspended for that game. But, you know, we'll see. Um, Braden Point appeared to get banged up again uh, in, in game four. And, uh, you know, they're, they're up three games to one. So we'll, we'll see whether Braden Point uh, plays in, in game five. And then and, and we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, no, the Islanders did not at all look uh, in game four, you know, like they looked in game three or even game two, for that matter, the one they lost. Which is a little bit strange because – Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin don't look bad or, you know, on Jean-Gabriel Peugeot's wings. Uh, that, that line seems to have something in the two games it's played together. And, and I thought Derek Broussard and, and Ross Johnson were, were creating opportunities today. But I agree, like, you know, just the, the flow and the rhythm, and, and especially if the Islanders are not going to get, you know, points out of that top line, sort of the, the whole model seems to – seems to crumble uh, a little bit. But one other thing, Colin, you mentioned on the last podcast that the Islanders did well, which I did not see much of today at all, was getting Andre Vasilevsky going east-west, going side to side. There, there was not a lot of that at all. No, I just, you know, so there, there's a couple things. One, number one, I think it starts with the fact that I don't think the Islanders were as good in this game as they were in games two or three. Um, so you start there because you're, you're talking about the Islanders. But yeah, number two, I think Vasilevsky was better than he was in game in game four. Uh, I'm sorry, in game three. Um, and, and and no, they didn't they didn't uh, move move the puck side to side. And you know, I haven't seen the metrics and all that kind of stuff. But I I don't think they had as much offensive zone time in this game as they did in in game three. Um, so. You know, it's just not – I mean, as I said, they they played probably their best game of the series in game two and lost. They came back and played a really, really strong game in game three. Took a 3-1 lead, um, gave up two goals uh, to 3-3, and then came back and, and won the game. So, they, you know, I, I thought their best game was game two. I thought they played a, an almost as good game in game three. And I just don't think they were quite as good today in game four. And Tampa Bay obviously was better, too, than they were in game three. So – um, yeah, it's tough. But the, the thing is, um, with this team, you can't be surprised. Um, you know, I mean, every time you try and write them off, you know, they, they come back because they're, they're kind of resilient that way. So, I mean, I'm not necessarily writing them off, you know, off of this performance, but, uh, but it, it looks pretty grim.
And I don't, I don't, I don't doubt the Islanders' character and resiliency because you know they've proven that they deserve that uh, benefit of the doubt. Uh, but and we've seen plenty of three-one series go go the other way. But you know this Tampa Bay team is pretty sound, and especially if point is available, it is hard to picture them losing three games in a row. They're just a, they're just a good team, uh, you know, a better team than the Islanders. That doesn't mean it's impossible for the Islanders to put a scare into them, but. Beating that team three times in a row looks really hard. Yes, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the Lightning, you know, obviously we're not paying as close attention to the Western Conference Series and, you know, the Stars with a 3-1 lead going into Game 5 of that series. And I, I think we all would have thought that Vegas might have been favored in that series going ahead. But I, I really think the Lightning are, are kind of looking like the best team out there amongst the four at this point and you know what it could have should have right you, you talk about game two Nikita Kucherov scores with 8.8 .8 seconds left and that game doesn't go into overtime and who knows whether the Islanders would have been able to win it in overtime because they weren't able to win it three times in overtime against the Flyers but you can certainly see a scenario where this series maybe should be tied up at 2-2 instead of 3-1 but you know that's just the nature of the playoffs really and uh you know the islanders is uh you know uh, i forget which player said it those zoom calls come fast and furious after the games but you know you can't dwell on any of the first four games now you just have to get the next one anything else besides you know top line getting vasilevsky going side to side you know, both teams were 0 for 3 on the power play today. And boy, it would sure help the Islanders' cause if, if, if they could chip in with the man advantage goal at any point. They have, they've gotten one in the series and uh, none since game one. You know what I think <clears throat> worked well for the Islanders in game three, and I would like to see them get back to it, is to play a little bit more physically and to be chippy and maybe, you know, maybe even – Dirty, if I could say that. Um, that's the nature of hockey. Um, you need Matt Martin. Yeah, and I thought we were in for we were going to be in for a, one of those kinds of games when when you saw the video of of these guys, you know, chirping it up at the red line and, and warmups. And I thought we were going to be in for you know a, a game where you know gloves were littered on the ice uh, for half the game, but that was it, it. Turned out not to be the case. And I, I think that would that actually would would help the Islanders if. Um, you know, if Matt Martin could get involved, if, you know, Ross Johnson is in the lineup, you know, if he could get involved with somebody, you know, maybe that's, that's the thing that, that you look to try and get involved with is to try and spark your team. Talk about things they got to do better. I, you know, obviously the power play is an obvious thing, but I thought, I forget which analyst it was who was pointing out that they had not been getting Pollock involved enough, although toward the end he was. You know, one thing I find interesting about their power play problems is Pollock's shot is so impressive and such a you know he's just shooting these bombs from the blue line it actually surprises me that that doesn't create more goals for them just because he's got one of the harder shots in the league but it you know they always seem to get blocked or just they just haven't been creating chances yeah no i i agree the lightning have done a really good job you know yes i mean when you look at it from an islander standpoint you go Boy, that power play is not clicking at all. But I, I think a lot of credit also has to go to, to the lightning penalty killers. They're, they're getting in the shooting lanes. Like you say, they, they can't get that point shot through 
with regularity and that that's, you know, what sets up the rebound chances around the net. Um, and then, you know, uh, Everly, <laughs> Everly, I think had another chance or two around the net and he's just shooting in bad luck right now. And uh, what was it? Matthew Barzell. I forget whether it was on the power play or not. I, I, it may have been right around that time, but he, had a chance to swipe a puck in, you know, a rebound that was just hanging around the crease. And I, I think he got knocked and he was kind of tipping over, but he missed the net on there. Uh, so as Barry always says, game of inches, and, and, and the Islanders just seem to be on the wrong side of the inches uh, far too often in this series. Well, I mean, again, you, it may be that, you know, their luck has started to run out a little bit. I mean, you know, everything that, everything that they had done – before this series seemed to work. I mean, every button that Barry pushed worked. You know, they're getting contributions uh, from from the entire roster. What was it 17 guys who scored a goal uh, in this postseason? And it's just dried up a little bit. But, you know, they are playing the best team that they've, that they've played, certainly. I mean, I, you know, Philadelphia was the number one seed coming in. You know, I, but I think that caught, <clears throat> that caught people by surprise. You know, they, they obviously swept the uh, their round robin to, to earn that number one seed. But clearly the best team in the East was was this Tampa Bay Lightning team. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, the Islanders are going to have to dig deep and they're going to have to, you know, raise their level. You know, one thing that, that, that was very much not Islanders-like was Brock Nelson gives the team a lead at 11-24 the second period. Yeah. And then the Lightning come back, score twice off the ensuing faceoff and the ensuing ensuing faceoff. Essentially, uh, Blake Coleman gets a breakaway, and the game is tied. I don't know how that happens? Yeah, <laughs> the game is tied 15 seconds after Nelson scores, and then 12 seconds later, uh, a Palat, you know, takes a nice feed from, uh, or, or I'm sorry, yeah, Palat yeah. takes a nice feed from uh, Kucherov. Uh, to the left post and you know within 27 seconds the Islanders are suddenly down 2-1 and, and you hate to distill a game down to 27 seconds but really I, I thought that's where the Islanders lost it. That's where they lost it I guess but um, I have to say that I, I'm really disappointed in the power play. I mean you know you're it wasn't long after that maybe a minute and a half after that that Kevin Shattenkirk shoots the puck over the glass and you get a power play. And, you know, and now's your opportunity. If you get one there, you're 2-2 and we can forget about that whole thing. So one for 14 in the series on the power play is not getting it done. Um, and by hook or by crook, they've got to find a way to get a power play goal. I mean, if they do that, you know, it changes everybody's mood. Um, and, 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 you know, I mean, everything turns around if they can do that somehow. You know, you talk about the game of inches thing. That that's that that comes back to this Tampa uh, top line though. Mm -hmm. When the the two goals that that line scored, the you know Kucherov to Palat and then uh, uh, Palat, I guess Palat to Point. Uh, you know, I <laughs> I can't keep all their goals straight. Um, those weren't like game of inches kind of plays. They were just you know you watch them and they they just perfectly executed plays where they make it look easy. And that of course in any sport is the key to elite talent, is when you make it look easy. And the Islanders just have to work harder for their goals, and often those inches have not gone their way in this series. But, you know, that that's the difference, though, when you have that kind of uh, firepower on your top line. Or, you know, like I said, in any sport, you could say that. What do you think of uh, Barzal? I mean, it seems to me in this 
you know, as scary as he was toward the end of that Flyers series, it seems to me in this series, I mean, he's dancing and skating and dangling with the puck, but I, I don't know how much he's actually accomplishing. Although he has set uh, Everly up for, for a couple of shots that, you know, haven't hit the net, but it, it just doesn't seem like, you know, as much control as he's had and as, as dangerous as he looks every time he's on the puck, it just doesn't seem like it's, it's, it's there for him. I, I see a guy who is trying to put the, the whole team on his shoulders. You know, yeah. he, he kind of feels like, you know, he knows he has that talent to be able to control the puck in the offensive zone and, and to control play. And I, I just think he's trying to do that. And maybe, you know, and, and I saw it a little bit in this game, uh, maybe for the first time, the probably frustration, but maybe not letting the game to come to him you know, as much as he was in that Flyers series when he was really dictating play and, and, and trying maybe to force a little bit too much just because he knows that top line does have to produce points. And then he had that back-checking miscue that Trotz yeah. called him out for where, you know, it's a – and the TV analyst did as well where he, you know, he kind of let point get in front of him and he wasn't there to, to, to stop the, the – you know, his second opportunity – uh, you know, he's such an interesting player. Where he's still, every time Trotz is asked about him, for the last two years, he always gives him credit for his talent and his hard work, but he always makes it very clear he's an unfinished product. Even at this stage where he's a rising star, Trotz always makes sure that everyone knows, you know, he's got stuff to work on. And, and I think Barzell will work on it. And in two, two or three years from now, will be a better player than he is now. Specifically in the first period, I thought he was – trying to get to the, you know, quote-unquote dirty areas and get to the crease. Uh, and then he took Scotty Mayfield's shot off his chest. And <laughs> that, that was, you it know. was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to be here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, looking ahead to game five, anything you think Barry can do to tinker to, to get the most out of his lineup? Do you, do you see Ross Johnson being back in in game five? Do you see Michael Dalcall? Uh, you know, drawing back into the lineup? Does he have a gut feeling for Andrew Ladd? What, what do you think Barry Trotz does with this lineup in game five? Well, you know, normally, well, given what's going on with the first line, you'd think maybe he'd mix things up with the top six forwards, but he can't do that because really he shouldn't do that because the second line has been so good. Why would you mess with them? Therefore, I don't know what he could do with the first line. So then, you know, then you end up in the, your tinkering mode with the bottom six. Like, I don't these, these things you're talking about don't seem that dramatic to me. Now Cole and Ladd and Johnston and all this. So I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Maybe Colin has the answer to that. I, I definitely don't have the answer. I, I, I can promise you that. But I agree with you, Neil. I, I, don't, I don't see – you know, the Sezikis injury really, really hamstrings him as far as making any sort of substantive change. We had talked a couple of pods ago about, you know, maybe moving uh, Pajot to the wing on that first line, dropping Everly down to the third line. But that's out the window if you don't have Sezikis because now you need somebody to center that third line. So, I mean, I, I you know, changing the lineup here, I mean, if you're going to swap out uh, Johnston for Dal Call or, 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 uh, or, or, you know, Andrew Ladd, I mean, how much of a difference is that going to make? I'd rather just stay with Johnston and say, listen, just hit everything in sight and, and let's see what happens. So, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see what you could do. Man, now what, what maybe you could do is go away from your four-line philosophy maybe and, and just roll three lines and just use that fourth line every so often and, and, and 
and do it that way. That would be about the only thing that I that I might change. But in terms of the actual personnel, no, I don't I don't see what you could do. The more I thought about it, and the more I really liked that idea you had to to put Pajot on Barzell's wing with the. Uh, Oh, uh, you well, you were talking about with Lee or with Beauvillier or whoever. with uh, with Lee, I think you know. Um, yeah. But because I didn't want to mess around with that second line, I mean, right, second right. line doing what what well, it's doing. So that was my thought, but 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 I don't know that you can do that because you need somebody in the middle of Martin and Sezikis and uh, and Clutterbuck now. So I just I don't know I don't know that it works. Well, how about you move Pajot up, right? And now you got, uh, you, I, you, you could probably put Broussard in between maybe Martin and Clutterbuck. Or how about uh, Komarov? Can he play in the middle with, with those two guys? It's, it's not been great, but I was thinking he would probably maybe center, you know, maybe center Jordan Everly and a Michael Dalcal, you know, as, as like a fourth line and uh, see what you get out of that. But, the more I, the, the more I thought about it, the more I liked the idea of kind of going top heavy. There's seasons on the line right here, so I mean, you know, if there's ever a time to try anything, uh, well, you know, you know, the other thing you could do, Andrew, is <clears throat> if you assume that Hedman's going to be out there every time Barzal is out there, and you want to hit Hedman, maybe you put a hitter on that line. Maybe you put maybe you put Johnston on that line. And he's um, done that. He has done that. You know, where you put uh, where you put Martin, you put Martin or Johnston on that first line, and mix it up that way. Uh, you know, I mean, I I can see the value of having, you know, Martin, Sezikis, and Clutterbuck together. But if you don't have Sezikis, then maybe you just blow up that line. You put Martin up on the top line, and 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 you try it a different way. Yeah, no, I I, I could see a value in that too. I think he I forget how many games, but Ross Johnson definitely got a chance during the regular season. Uh, to play with Barzell, and and it was because Barry likes his soft hands, and he's got a a little bit of a shooter's touch, you know, for a, a guy that big, and he's really worked on his skating. So I, I know Barry's not afraid of that. And yeah, you you have to continue, you know, even down three one, you got to keep working at this and hope that if you can get this next next win in Game Six, you know, the the Lightning are worn down even further. Yeah, I mean that's that's <clears throat> that's playoffs. I mean, if it was three zero, it wouldn't it wouldn't you know. I mean, it would be three zero, and the odds weren't wouldn't be any good. But at three one, and we know that teams have come back from three one plenty of times. If you can get game five, then you got a series again. So I mean, it, yeah, no, you wouldn't throw in the towel here. I mean, you now you would fight, you know, you'd fight even more like hell to to try and get you know get that win in game five. And there is, there is a, you know, there's in theory, there's a benefit just to shaking things, just to shaking things up, just for the sake of shaking things up. And that's why I think it wouldn't be shocking if he did something creative, just to get everyone's attention, and um, you know, just go on one of his hunches. Because for the most part, he's had really good instincts, obviously for 20 plus years. So why not? Yeah, I like it. All right, let's do it. Let's. Can you get a message to him, Andrew? Can you get uh, Johnston up there on the first line? Drop Everly down. Have, you know, do it that way. I guess the the bigger question is, you know, can Barry afford to tinker? You know, I, I don't know if they're going to have a practice tomorrow. They haven't been having practices. You know, as Barry said, they didn't have a practice on Saturday before this game. And it really is kind of hard to, 
you know, blow up your lines and, and come back with new lines if you don't have a practice. So, uh, you know, if, if Barry gets on his Zoom tomorrow and says, yeah, we skated today, I would think the odds are maybe a little bit greater that he does do something for uh, game five to shake it up a little bit. Well, you wouldn't have had a practice yesterday because today was a day game. So you didn't have a full 48 hours. But now you've played a day game and then you play a night game on Tuesday. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he has a – I mean, if you're going to have a practice, now's the time to do it. <laughs> yeah. If well, not, then win. <laughs> yeah, but, no, but, but the day game thing, I think, you know, I mean, it's a small difference, but it's a difference. I mean, you know, these guys are – get a decent night's sleep and, uh, you know – Look, it's it's uh, he doesn't have a lot to lose right now. I mean, but but on the other hand, there is something to lose because, like I wrote, you know, I guess the days are all blurring together. But you know, this is this is not an opportunity to be trifled with, even though you're down three one. You don't get here very often, so yeah, you have to take it seriously. Uh, but on the other hand, you're down three one, so you can take some chances. Yeah, I just want to finish with this because I enjoyed it today, um, Neil. I just want to get your thoughts on uh, how you think Doc did, you know, getting Doc Emmerich back on the call. And, uh, you know, uh, he, he called game four and he's going to call this Islander series going, going forward. Any Mr. Media oh, yeah. any thoughts? Making me put my media writer hat on again. I like it. You know what? I mean, of course it's great to hear Doc's voice on a big game. And I think Islanders fans were, a little disappointed they hey we got this far we don't get to have doc you know what is this so um yeah i mean it's great to hear doc's voice however there were a few times and i had not listened to him closely earlier in the playoffs because he wasn't doing the islanders games but you, you could tell there were several times where it's hard it's just it's just hard for these guys it's him and everybody else to be calling these games off monitors where there's certain situations you didn't see quite what had happened or there was a delay in his call because it's just not the same as being there so it's hard, you know, he does it as well as anybody, but it's not, it is not the same. Uh, but, you know, still, I like, I like hearing his voice on a big game. I yeah. loved it when he, when he said the thing about the toupee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he, goes, he goes, hats off to all. And, and if I had a toupee, which I had worn in the past, you know, that would be off too. I thought that was hilarious. Doc, Doc is absolutely the best. And, and you two guys are the best for uh, – for hopping on yet once again. I, I appreciate it. And uh, we have at least one more of these coming up after game five. So uh, until uh, Tuesday night, uh, I want to say my thanks to uh, Neil Best. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at SportsWatch. And I want to say thank you to uh, Colin Stevenson, Colin S. Newsday on Twitter. And I'm your host, Andrew Gross, A. Gross Newsday. And thank you very much for listening to episode 51 of Island Ice. And you can find everything Neil and Colin and I write on the Newsday website, newsday.com backslash sports. There's an Islanders page. There's a list of all the Islander Ice podcasts. You can also find the Island Ice podcasts, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, SoundCloud, wherever you subscribe and uh, get your podcast. And until the next episode, thank you very much for listening. Happy hockey, everybody.